0: Blog Talk Radio. Football well, rules we the world, damn it. That's what's up. But anyway, my name is Scott Burks. This is the Clown Hour, and uh, I'm the creator of the Sports Blog, The Clown Times, as Clownsville, K. you You'll be able to find me on the web at www.theclowntimes.net dot net, and you also find me on Facebook, uh, doing my thing, have a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of fun. Um, Just do a search for The Clown Times again as Clownsville, K. you You'll be able to find me on Facebook as well. Uh, so, like I said earlier. Um, This is where well, We are approaching the NFL season, and this is the first of our annual Super Fan series. I'm so excited. I'm hyped, and I'm ready to go. And football season can't get here soon enough. So, since I'm a resident of Cincinnati once again, what better team to start with than the Cincinnati Bengals? Not the Bengals, as the Browns fans will call them, but the Bengals. And um, to, to help kick uh, this off the style, there's a it's a friend of mine. It's a dear pal. Uh, he's also uh, a, child with a friend of my wife. Um, and uh, he's all around a good guy. His name is Andre Edwards. Andre, what's up, brother? Let's do this again. How you doing? I'm well, Mr. Burks. How about this Dude, I'm freaking excited, can't you tell? Um, that the That's NFL cool. season is upon us, man. It is God is smiling upon us once again. I am about to do my own little altar call later on after the show, and I'm ready. I'm freaking, freaking, freaking ready, dude. I'm so ready.
1: Let's go. Oh, man, I've already already sacrificed a few few lambs and a few fatted calves, man. I'm ready to go. (laughs) That is
0: old Testament style right there. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. All right, man. You know how I guess you know how this works by now. You know, for every team outside the New England Patriots, <laughs> uh, even like even if that team makes the playoffs, something has gone wrong, right? right? So, right. Pretty much all thirty-one teams have something that go that went wrong. So let's just start with the question: What went wrong for the two thousand fourteen Cincinnati Bengals?
1: Um, bright lights. Bright lights, bright lights. We're like gremlins for some reason <laughs> when, uh, when the bright lights come on. Um, unfortunately, as a uh, long-suffering Cincinnati Bengal fan, um, you know, there was a point in time where things started to look look up, where it was like, oh, man, we're about to make some moves. Things are about to turn out really well. Uh, you know, Andy Dalton and right. A.J. Green got here, and uh, the defense started Beefing up, Gino Atkins is a monster. bontes uh, Burford comes out of nowhere. Domiton Paco. You know, you got all these dudes who are like, man, this is going to be really awesome. It's going to be sweet. And then all of a sudden, bright lights come on. Cats fold. People get scared. Yep. They start yep. running. Like, I don't, yep. know, I don't know if we're gremlins or cockroaches. Either way, one of the two, we don't like bright lights, man. Um, and most people will tell you, you know, straight up, hey, it's Andy Dawson's fault. He's he's the main reason why we lose these games. And to be honest, you know, the quarterback gets too much of the blame and way too much of the accolades. Nobody ever talked about this left tackle lost four playoff games or this defensive end won, you know, six Super Bowls. Nobody ever says that. It's all about the quarterback and and what they bring to the table and the head coach. And so I think it's – while it is, you know, on Andy Dalton and on Marvin Lewis and those are the people that I talked about. Look at that defense last year, man. They got they got ran shot on, um, just as much as yeah, it did. You know, the the, the offense underperformed, so did the defense. And if you look historically at you know their playoff performances two years ago, San Diego just ran a mud hole through those dudes. Um, you know, oh, right? You remember I mean, that? Yeah, and it's it's. It seems to be that once those lights kick on and there's just a singular moment of doubt that creeps in, whether it's an interception or an early touchdown by the the, the opposing team or whatever it may be, as soon as there's some hint of adversity, you can almost look at cats on the sidelines and go, oh And then here we go again. Here we go. And it's that here we yeah. go again mentality that I think ends up bringing the Bengals down. Now, why do you think they don't perform
0: well when the lights are brightest? I mean, for example, like I could point to last year where you guys play the Cleveland Browns at home on a Thursday night. The same Cleveland Browns you guys spanked later on in the season, which you because 'cause you're better than them on paper, but yet you lost to them twenty four to three. That boggled my mind. I remember my sister in law, like, she just, <laughs> she was she was on she was she was on social media just cussing up a storm. She lost all her Christianity <laughs> that night. I mean, I mean, I mean just, why? Why is that? Why, why? Why when the lights are brightest, this talented team just folds up like a cheap ass tent?
1: Ah, uh, I, I envy your sister in law because she was on social media cussing up a storm. I was actually in the stadium cussing up a storm, so she um, Oh, God bless. At least she had the comfort of a pillow to cry into. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> uh, I think it's, I think it's a mentality. Type of deal, you okay. know. Um, the first year that Andy and AJ and that crew, and I just kind of put that as a as a separate era from the Ocho Cinco, CJ Salazar, those cats, You know, this was kind of a, a new era. Marvin Lewis reinvented the team and did a really good job of that. And so the mm. new kids on the block, so to speak, or the Andy and, and AJ crew. And so I think that first year, the Bengals finished nine seven. Squeak into the playoffs. Everybody was just ecstatic at the fact that we were playoffs. We, you know, we played Houston, Houston kicked their butts. Like it didn't really matter. It was just like, holy crap, we made the playoffs. That was a successful season. Next year you come back and you're, you know, ten and six. You're feeling pretty decent, man. We tough draw game in Houston, but I think we got a shot. I think I think we can do it. I think yeah, yeah, I, just, I think we can do it. It's the second year. Why not? And and you lose against to Houston, I <clears> think <throat> the proverbial set and missed spike was that third year San Diego. Because six weeks before, you went out to San Diego, beat the tar San Diego in their own house. It wasn't even close. It right. was not a competition. You were undefeated at home, went 8-0 and on the season, beating your beloved Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, I just need, I had to throw that in there, sorry Yeah, um, you know, yeah of course it did <laughs> And anybody else You know, came to the crib for that matter And then you turn around And Andy Dalton You know, throws a couple, two, three picks Giovanni Bernard Fumbles the ball, you know, right before Halftime when he's about to go in And score a touchdown Andy Dalton's fumbling the ball away The defense gets ran on for 150,000 yards I mean, it was just a complete and utter debacle all the way around. And I think there was already that sense of, here we go again. But once that happened, I, I do believe that the Bengals could probably benefit from a sports psychologist more so than Andy Dong going to work with Tom House and, you know, the quarterback guru and. and Let's work on arm angles and do all that. Somebody needs to talk to Andy, and somebody needs to talk to this team about how do you mentally get over that hump, and where does that come from? And, you know, part of it is Andy. Part of it is Marvin Lewis. Marvin Lewis is Mm an exceedingly conservative coach. He's that dude that says, if if I can win 9-7, to I'll take it, because we got to win, as -hmm. opposed to other coaches like Bill Belichick who will put his foot on your throat and watch you turn purple.
0: Right. And and
1: that's that's not the Marvin Lewis philosophy. It's play tough defense, don't turn the ball over on offense, and eventually when it comes down to the fourth quarter, we'll make a play and we'll go ahead and win. And when you have that mentality, your players play so tight because you know you don't have a very large margin for error. And – if that air, that margin is small, as soon as something goes wrong, how do you make up for that? And how do you right. you turn that around? And it's been that's been his philosophy since he's been here. It's 13 years. That's a long time to that time. ingrain <laughs> that in the <laughs> It's ingrained in the culture. It's ingrained in everything that they do so that when something does go wrong, it's all crap. How do we fix this? How do we turn it around? All crap. The bright lights are on. And Andy threw an interception in the first quarter. So you can pretty much turn this game off and go to bed because it's not getting any better from this point moving forward. Mhm. Mhm. So it's, I think it's crazy. I think it's, yeah, I mean, it's from the head coach on down.
0: Right. That's too bad because you guys are talented. Again, you guys are very talented. on I was telling, but one of my boys here that uh, who's not a Bengals fan by the way, but I was just telling him in general. Since he's now a new – having happened assistant as well. They have no excuse. Y'all have no excuse of not getting it done this year. You guys got talent. You know, you guys got, you know, in everything else. I mean, you just got just, to just – to sound like Stephen A. Smith, you just got to find a way to get it done. So, <laughs> uh, going through the season. You like that, didn't you? Uh, but seriously, yeah, you guys yeah. got to get it done. You guys got to find a way to get it. No excuses. No excuses whatsoever. Because you guys didn't have much of a pass rush. On top of that, no. right? So, exactly. So, you no. Know, I mean, and so like um, I remember in the playoffs. I mean, Andrew Luck, you guys played better against Andrew Luck in the playoffs. But still, he pitched your asses apart, as a Ben yep. Ben Roethlisberger, as a few other things. Because let's just like uh, like uh, like, uh, like before we get into the draft, let's just go back to your season last year. You start off three and zero. You beat Baltimore. Yep. You, well, first of all, you guys just own Baltimore. You guys fly on Baltimore. But you, yep. you beat Baltimore at their place. Spanked Atlanta. I know they suck, yep. but still. Spanked Tennessee. Got a yep. bye week. Got yeah, smashed yeah. by New England. I mean, no shame in that. I mean, they're the only the defending yeah. war champs now. But you okay. guys, the, that Panthers game had to hurt because, yo, your kicker missed a chip shot. The 37 yard <laughs> field goal. And I remember we were in a car, listening to the game on, on Sirius XM radio, coming back from somewhere. I forget where we were coming from. And Randy, like my wife, Randy was like exasperated. I laughed out loud. I'm uh, it's going to be in a tie. But, <laughs> but, yeah, this is crazy. These guys lost to Indianapolis, got shut out. Then beat Baltimore yep. again, beat Jacksonville, go to 5 2 And one got their asses beat by Cleveland at home, by the way. They even went on a run. You, you beat the Saints, you beat the Texans, you exercise those Texas demons, Texan demons, right, at, at Houston, no less.
1: It seemed yeah. like
0: Andy Dalton conquered his house of horrors, right, and I was like, well, shoot, these guys will be on a the mission. They, they spanked Houston. They right. exercised some demons. Exercise some demons. They These guys squeaked by Tampa Bay, and then of course, guess who? We did. Uh, guys lost uh, Pittsburgh at home. You guys spanked Cleveland in a revenge game. You beat down Denver on Monday night and with the division on the line you lost to us again in the bright lights. So the thing is, you guys won ten games again. You guys made the yep. playoffs again. But yep. I I mean, I'll have to tell you what happened in in the first round again. So it's it, it's, it's frustrating for a fan to watch. For me as a fan to watch because, like I say, you guys are so much better than this. And you know, I mean, you know, the, you know, the sad part is that in the '90s, shoot, you guys are praying for seasons like this. I mean, the thing is that you guys had what four consecutive winning seasons and like four consecutive winning seasons. Uh, I think yeah. it's four, and, and you know, make a playoffs every year, but you guys have to get that playoff win. And I think once you yep. guys get that playoff win, you guys are billion away. So let's talk about your draft, right quick. Let's just let's, let's, let's lighten the mood for a minute. So I know you guys went offensive line heavy in the first two picks, yep. uh, which was needed, which was very much needed. Um, you know, which will ha- which will probably help your you know, protect you know protect their uh, the quarterback as well as improve what I was already was I thought was a very good running game you guys had. Uh led by um Jeremy Hill. Jeremy Hill's a yes, sir.
1: Jeremy yes, Hill
0: freaking beast. I mean he if he's not your starting running back going, in, going into going this season, so he needs to be fired. Because he's a stud. He's a he's a stud. He, he was a stud at L S U. So he, yep. he's he's a freaking stud. Um but I noticed you guys drafted two more tight ends. Tyler Croft in the third round, CJ Uzamo, almost like CJ <laughs> Uzumoto, right? CJ from Auburn in the fifth round. I mean, as far as those two tight ends are concerned, do you think Tyler Effort is it, is it Effort or Eifert? By the way,
1: it's neither one. It's Eifert.
0: Uh, Eifert. Okay. So, do you think that Eifert will come? Will be healthy? Because he's a, he's a he's a very good talent
1: at the yeah, tight end Million dollar question: The Bengals were um, discontented, if you will, at best, with Jermaine Gresham, former first round draft yeah. choice. Um, right. Body of body of Adonis, the head of I don't know, man. Whatever the dumbest person you could think of, that's him. That dude had, I think he had personality issues. I think he had personal confidence issues, um, and just never really. Fit in with the team as a whole, and so they went out and they got they got Tyler and Taylor. Right, Tyler Eifert is a monster. Um, He was a monster in in yeah in practice. I mean, if you read anything from this preseason and and previous preseasons that he has been healthy, that dude is uncoverable. Like say he's too big for a safety and he's too fast for a linebacker, and he's wide open all the time, even against a pretty solid Bengals defense, that dude is typically open at some point in time uh, during routes. And so the big million-dollar question, once again, is can this dude stay healthy? Um, According to reports, you know, the elbow is healed 100% and ready to go. He also had off-season or he had during the season uh, shoulder surgery. That's healed and ready to go. Um, but the reason why the Bengals went in and drafted, you know, Croft and uh, who's the what's it? Um is because yeah. ah. they're con- they're concerned about depth and if they were honest with themselves, they were probably concerned about Tyler Eifers health. You when you kinda get that moniker of a dude who gets dinged up and a dude who gets hurt, can you ever really rely on this person until they show and prove that they're over that. So they went yeah. and spent two two draft choices on uh tight ends. One one dude Croft, is pretty solid um from a production standpoint. The uh other cat is uh kind of raw. I think he came out of uh, maybe Auburn maybe. And uh yeah, the Auburn. word yeah, the, the word on the street was that he didn't even have a uh tight end position coach down there. That's how mm. That's how much they uh, valued the tight end position. But his measurables are really good, according to the Bengals. His hands are really good. Um, I haven't been down to training camp yet, but that's on my on my list of things to do here before it's it's all said and done. Um, and he's you know he's showing some things. But if you look at the Bengals and what they do, they like to use their tight end as a um, sixth offensive lineman, so an extra tackle right you got to be able to block um and then you know running down the seam or you know kind of that outlet for for Andy Dalton um is how the Bengals at least to this point have chosen to use the the tight end position so you got to be able to block and that's probably pretty much number 1 as far as the Bengals are concerned and then number 2 you got to be able to to catch the ball when it comes your way um i know Tyler Eifert can catch, I know Tyler Eifert can run. His blocking is improving and it's getting better, but that just means more opportunity for injury because he's in there banging with the big boys. So we'll see how they how they decide to do that. Um but I do if you look at the frame on Croft and um uh, Wethers, man, those are some big, yeah. big men that they that they brought in. Right.
0: And here's the thing too, I mean you guys have so many weapons. I mean, the thing is, I already mentioned Jeremy Hill and, Gio, and didn't bring up Giovanni Bernard, but I think mm-hmm. it's like thunder and lightning. I mean, that's a thunder and lightning combo right there. You guys should ride those boys, those boys that wheels fall off. Seriously, I uh, but but that in my opinion,
1: Dalton a lot. I would, I would look at them like throwback to Deuce McAllister and Darren Sproles when they were, you know, in in the same backfield together. To me. That's a perfect combination to to look at. You kind of got that dude who can pound through the middle, but he'll be able to catch the ball out of the backfield. So you don't know, you know, what he's going to do. And then you have, you know, Darren Sproles slash Giovanni Bernard who can run the ball between the tackles if need be, but also hit you with that, you know, outside flare, jump off over the middle. You never know what's going to happen with either one of those two dudes because of their ability to run catch, blocked, you know, hit the hole and goal. And so they're very versatile in that fashion. Yeah. Both
0: those guys are talented, and they're young. So that's mm-hmm. so, so that's one thing you guys got right. Two young studs at running back. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you guys you guys are straight from the rush as far as the running game goes. Dalton needs to improve his decision-making. He had 19 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, completed, what, 64% uh, of his passes, uh, not a bad quarterback rating either, eighty-three point five. But I, I think his time is now too. I think for y'all to get to the promised land. And I know that you you you, you that you, that you think he takes too much of blame. I gets too much of the credit as well, but especially the the, the blame game part. And, you know,
1: poor guy
0: got booed at the All-Star Game. Poor guy. He got booed. He got his ass booed at the All-Star Game. Honestly, to his point.
1: It was. But, well, it was a a soccer – not soccer. It was a softball uh, game, like celebrity softball. Okay. Right, right. There you
0: go. Gotcha. Gotcha.
1: Like, people booed him and whatever when he stood up. He came back and he said – I didn't hear too many boos when I hit my two home runs, which is absolutely the truth. This nice. this city, while yeah. they jump on you and ride you like a freaking pony, if you do well, they will support you. And the moment that Andy Dalton throws his first touchdown pass, I promise you fans will be losing their minds. The first time that Andy Dalton goes in and, you know, Pittsburgh comes here and – the Bengals win because Andy Dalton threw a last second touchdown pass and we walk off twenty to seventeen and it's a W, fans will be losing their mind because of what he did. So this city, while while it can be exceedingly judgmental and sometimes ridiculously so, um, it will it will also uh-huh. come back on on the opposite end of that spectrum and, and praise
0: you. Right. And speaking of which, yeah, also because it's Pittsburgh, you have to be cheering hard because he, that, 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 uh, that's your nemesis. It's funny, and you saw as rivalries go, uh, you know, living here before in the past and coming back here. I still think a lot of people still hate Cleveland, consider Cleveland Public Enemy number one. Well, I think now Pittsburgh's like the 1A to Cleveland because Cleveland sucks. Let's, let's just be yeah, honest, yeah. Cleveland sucks except for a long time. So it's – the same thing with with the, with the Steelers rivalry with the uh, with uh, with the uh Browns. I mean since the Browns saw so bad we turned out to Baltimore. Right. Uh, right. but the thing is that I think I think the I think I don't think you guys hate Baltimore
1: as you guys nope. hate
0: Pittsburgh.
1: I no, I I not think that you guys don't hate Baltimore. I think Baltimore has personalities that Fans have hated so like the the old school Ray Lewis, the old school Ed Reed, uh, current day Terrell Suggs, like right. just personalities that I hate or hated for the Ravens. Like I hate absolutely everything about Pittsburgh. I don't know. It is. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I mean, dude, I hate the colors. I don't dress in yellow and black on purpose. Like. I hate the fabric of the city. Like, I hate them. And, <laughs> and, and I'm sure, don't get me wrong, I'm sure 90% of it is probably rooted in jealousy, and that's okay. But, yeah, I mean, Cleveland, Cleveland I, I legitimately feel bad for. So, yes, when, when my Bengals lose to Cleveland, I'm angry and I'm pissed because it's a game we shouldn't have lost. But, when they were making their little run and they were you know, they had six, seven wins and they're right on the cusp of getting ready to uh oh we might be in first place and they were in first place for a week and like I called up a couple of my yeah. dudes who were from Houston and I'm like, Hey man, congrats, that's a beautiful thing, but I, I I'm a long suffering Vegas fan. I know how that is. That's a great feeling. Whereas so the next week they fell off and we never heard of from ever again. But right. you know, I just I, it's it's more of a a feeling of pity. When it comes to Cleveland, and then Baltimore, they I watch Baltimore bully other teams, and for whatever reason, they don't do that to Cincinnati. Right? How you long? No matter how them. long they've been around, no matter who our players have been, no matter how crappy the Bengals have been and how great Baltimore has been, you can almost guarantee at least one of Baltimore's losses in the season is to Cincinnati. I don't know if it's because, like, that's the passion of Marvin Lewis. That's where I came from. We have to beat these dudes. Do it for me. Whatever. I don't know what it is, but Baltimore, while they may bully NFC teams, while they may bully other AFC teams, when they play the Cincinnati Bengals, that bullying stops at the door. But for whatever reason, with the Pittsburgh Steelers, it's like, Big brother and little brother. <laughs> and it ain't even close. Like, it's, it's not even close. When the Bengals win, it's kinda like, thank God. Ooh, okay, we got ooh, Okay, we got what. We got what. It's never a feeling like, Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. That's right. We won that game and we when we see you again in six weeks, we're gonna win that one too. It's like, Oh, thank you, Jesus. We didn't lose twice to Pittsburgh this year. Okay, okay, good, good, good. good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you just see it in you see it in the gameplay. You see it in in the players on the field. You know, I hated it two years ago when they broke my man Kevin Huber's jaw, but that's the type of aggressive play that Pittsburgh plays with. Whereas, again, just going back to that whole Marvin Lewis piece of they really tight defense and we'll pull it out eventually. Do is no Pittsburgh is here to kick your ass and that's all they're here to do and when it's done, we'll shake hands and I'll walk off the field. I'm here to kick your butt, dude, period. And they show us for whatever reason haven't, no matter who the players are that are here, haven't developed that killer instinct to counteract whatever it is that Pittsburgh has from a mental whole perspective over them. Yeah, that's a good point.
0: But you know what? Take solace in this. Once upon a time, we being Steelers owned the Ravens before the Ravens finally broke through. So it's cyclical. It's cyclical. Yeah. So just keep that in mind. Just keep that in mind. This just throwing a, it out there. This is the circle ever. I've been on it for about thirty
1: years. It's annoying. <laughs> 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 oh,
0: oh, oh. Yeah, I hear you, brother. I I hear you, but it's, it's 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 all good. But but speaking of teams in the in the north, how about the AFC North? right quick. I mean, you can't say no other fan could say with a straight face and a bit of truth serum inside of him or her that no division is tougher than the AFC North. You can't say no other team, no other fan could say that the AFC North is by far and away the toughest division in football. I'm sorry. I just believe that. I mean you got three teams constantly making the playoffs out of the division every year.
1: At least in the division
0: that make the playoffs every year. And even last yep. year with Cleveland. Cleveland of all teams wasn't was wasn't wasn't was first place after yep. after day they smashed on Thursday night. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. 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 I mean, and every honestly, team at that at that at that point in the season every team that in, 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 in that division had a winning record. But go ahead. Yeah. yeah. No, but the, honestly,
1: you you look at it and you say, oh, man, look at the Pittsburgh Steelers' strength of schedule this year. Oh, man, look at the Bengals' strength of schedule this year. They're number one and number two as far as strength of schedule. That's because we play each other twice right. a year every year. We play Baltimore twice a year every year. I mean, our strength of schedule took a hit because we're playing the NFC South. We garbage, you know? When our yeah. strength of schedule takes a hit and dips down, it's because we're playing the uh, the the AFC South because they're terrible. They got right. one good team that can come in and wreck shop. Other than that, nobody else cares. You got to me the two toughest toughest divisions right now are the the AFC North and the NFC West. You know, you got and guess who we're got, playing this year. We're playing yeah, NFC absolutely. West this year. Absolutely. But you know, so it'll be it'll be interesting and I should say that from from past season, it'll be interesting to see what happens with San Francisco this year. But Seattle should be right where they were before. You know, I, I I don't have any doubts about that. They added some weapons, they re signed some key players, you know, they should be right where they were. I think Arizona is an intriguing is an intriguing team, especially if they didn't keep Carson Palmer upright and healthy. Uh, and that defense is is sick. Um again, uh I and I think I think St. Louis Rams don't sleep on them. Do not sleep on them.
0: Because you can't sleep on the Rams. That,
1: you he, can't sleep that on the Rams. defense is nasty and if, if uh, kind of you know, the same respect if um uh, that quarterback they just got from Philly. Uh Nick Foles. Nick Foles. Yeah Nick Foles. Yeah. Nick Foles. Foles. If Foles can do anything remotely close to what he did in Philly, watch out. So you know that's a that's a right. two definitely two teams strong, possibly three real strong teams that are right there. Kind of, again, kind of like the AFC AFC North. People rant and rave about all oh, the 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 NFC North with Green Bay and Chicago and Detroit. <laughs> Green Bay is a class of that division. Jay Cutler is a nutcase, and Lord only you down, know, Matt Stafford is throwing the ball to me, so you know. yeah, right. But yeah, no, I would have to. I would have to one hundred percent agree, top to bottom. AFC North, toughest division. I, I mean, like I said before, you you watch Baltimore; they bully people. They mm-hmm. absolutely bully people, and they impose their will and this is our game, and we are going to win this because we're Baltimore. We have the Ravens. We have that fee on our chest. We're going to win this game, period. You know, Pittsburgh does the same. Uh, Cincinnati does it in a bit of a different fashion. But in in that same respect, look, if you're not in the AFC North, you're going to lose. So, yeah. you know, I, I don't. And Cleveland will mess around and, and and beat you up too. That defense is no slouch. Uh, oh, they, they can never get this quarterback situation so. figured out. They might be halfway dangerous.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. They got a defense. They they got a hell of a defense, uh, led by Absolutely. Joe Hayden. But but let, let me. I, I I forgot to ask you this when, when I was while I was talking about your personnel. Do you think you guys gonna resign AJ Green? He's coming up. And I think his
1: contract's coming up soon. Yeah, absolutely. So he's in the final year of his deal, but they can uh, franchise him next year too. So it's not, right. he's not going right. to be here. Um, my guess is that they get something <clears throat> worked out that will be mutually beneficial for both both parties. Um, the way that Bengals typically do it, they get, give you a crap ton of money up front so that they engender kind of like that, that loyalty and then um, pay you for the ex- uh, full extent of your contract. So you may sign a five-year deal with the Bengals. And right. the Bengals, typically speaking, will keep you that entire five years, whether you deserve <laughs> to be there, to be kind, you know, whatever. It doesn't really matter, Right. you know, barring some sort of catastrophic injury where your leg falls out. I mean, the Bengals are going to pay you. You're going to get paid as long as you show up to work every day and do what you're supposed to do. So mm-hmm. uh, knowing that philosophy and knowing how the Bengals operate and um, some of the contracts that they've given out here recently in, you know, retaining dudes like Montez Burpick, retaining dudes like Geno Atkins redoing uh, Andy Dalton's contract. Um, you know, cats cats like that. I would, I would be shocked. I'll put it that way. I would be shocked if AJ Green wasn't in, wasn't a Bengal beyond 2016. Which, even if they use the franchise like he's gonna be here next year. So I would be shocked if AJ right. Green is not in the Cincinnati Bengals uniform come 2017. Gotcha, gotcha. That makes sense. So
0: having said all of that. Again, like I said, you guys have a very good team on paper. And remember, I said earlier about the Cincinnati Bengals has got to get it done. Um, should Marvin Lewis lose his job if the Bengals fail to win a playoff game once again this season? I know he was extended by a year. I think a year, a year extension yes. on his contract. So, yes. do you think he's going to be gone if he doesn't win a playoff game? I think. I think the myth
1: of the hot seat is ridiculous when it comes to the Cincinnati Bengals. People talk about um, Dalton, this is a put-up or shut-up year. People talk about Marvin Lewis. This is the year that he has to win one, otherwise he's gone. I personally believe that if Marvin Lewis wants to coach until the day that Mike Brown passes away, Marvin Lewis will be a coach here in Cincinnati. It's the wow. <laughs> relationship that they have. It's the trust and bond that they have as owner and head coach. It's it's different, man. It, in other in other cities, you know, you look at New England. Robert Kraft mm. has Kraft, and so his job is to make Kraft work. And I I'm passionate about my NFL team, so I hire really good people and I try and get them to you know win because I want to win and this is a lot of fun. My real job. Is worth his craft. You know, you look at Jerry Jones. I don't even know what Jerry Jones does. On this. I'm assuming it's some sort of oil thing. I have no idea. Yeah, Jerry Jones has another gig. Yeah. He has another gig that he makes a crap ton of money on for him to be able to buy a football team. And the reason why he's so involved right. in the football team is because he can dabble in it. It's like, oh, this is fun. This is fantasy football. This is great. This I love this and but you put great people in place in order to help run that franchise so that the team can be successful and other people have done those things the Bengals primary source of income as a family is the Bengals and so yeah that that pressure that other outside people feel is not felt here because once you become part of the family you're part of the family you know what i gotcha. mean like you you yeah you become an extension of the Browns. And Marvin Lewis, at this point in time, has achieved that status of where he is an extension of Mike Brown. And Mm -hmm. if if Marvin Lewis is not the Bengals head coach next year, it will be because Marvin Lewis chose to walk away, not because Mike Brown said you had to leave.
0: Mm, that's interesting. That's that's interesting that you put it that way because I know that. Remembering how loyal Mike Brown is. Sometimes could be to a fault, but he's he's big on loyalty. And Absolutely. He's willing to he's willing to show guys that too. And the Devon Still, when he got cut originally, yep, they bought him yep. back to help pay for his daughter's chemo. That's a loyal dude. Yep. I mean, say what you want about him, his football acumen, lack like thereof. Uh, Mike Brown is one loyal dude, and he's a smart businessman too. Yeah, Yeah, and it all
1: his business acumen. It all stems from when his pops got booted, you know, for by Art Modell, by up in the Cleveland days. So, like that, that hurt them. That shook the entire foundation of the Brown family, and he end up coming to Cincinnati and forming a team, and you know, the rest is history, so to speak. But Mike Brown saw that. Saw what it did to his family. Saw what it did to his to his dad. I mean, it's like somewhere in his brain made the association that, nah, we're not. I'm not doing this. I would never do that to somebody else. And from here on out, I'm a loyal person, and I'm a loyal dude. And that's why, again, that's why, you know, when you look at a dude like Leon Hall, Leon Hall, decent player in his mm-hmm. in his prime, he was a great player. But you know, two AC two uh Achilles tendon tears later, he's still vying for a starting cornerback position when you got two first round picks the last couple of years, who should be starting. If nothing else, purely mm-hmm. for the fact that the first round picks who are seven years younger than we the hall. But
0: you know, <laughs> it's that
1: it's that loyalty. Leon Hall is making like I think he counts like $9.7 mil versus the cap this year. Is Leon Hall a nine point seven million dollar player right now? No, he's not. Wow. But no, it's not. That, that no loyalty, that loyalty, and that to cut a dude before his contract is over—that's not that. That's not what they do. That is not the philosophy. I, I was I got into not an argument but a, a discussion, if you will, with. Um, you know, somebody who was covering mm-hmm. a different team, and we were talking about, you know, this will be a big test to see if the Bengals will be able to sign A.J. Green. I'm like, why Why wouldn't they be able to sign A.J. Green? Well, the, the money this and this. And that. I'm like, do you realize if A.J. Green signs a four-, five-, six-year deal, he will see every cent of that money if he chooses to stay here. If he doesn't choose to just walk away from the game or demand a trade or hold out or whatever – He will see every cent of that contract, whereas Mm. other dudes, Mm. you know, sign a huge contract for six years, play with the team for two or three, and then get cut because it's a cap savings of such and such and such and such million dollars. That doesn't happen here. It just doesn't.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you like that. So I guess Mike Brown, say what you want about him. He's he's loyal, and I guess that's his – Go for something, count for some these days, in modern yep. day sports. So, so let me get to, uh get you out on here on this. How do you think the Bengals are fair in twenty fifteen? I'm looking at the schedule right now. I'm sure you you know the schedule as well. Um, this is I'm gonna go go through game by game, but uh, just give me a uh, top of your head. Who, how you,
1: you guys think he's gonna fare this year? Um, looking at probably. Mm-hmm. Nine and seven, ten and six with a good bounce yeah. two, you know, our way. Um Yeah. Nine and seven is probably more more likely and, and trying to push for a or a fifth or sixth uh spot into in into the playoffs. Um it's gonna be tough this year, man. Um I think on paper the Bengals are talented enough to to hang with anybody. Um mm-hmm. But there are just enough primetime games that concern me, and there are just enough highly competitive games that, you know, could the Bengals beat Seattle because they're playing Seattle at home? Absolutely they could. Could Seattle come in here and beat the Bengals? Absolutely they could. But, you know, so Mm -hmm. there's a lot of games on that schedule that are like eh, a fumble, an interception, a turnover, a punt return, or whatever, Goes one way or goes the other right. way. they're either right in it, or they're getting a tail kick and they end up, you know, nine and seven. I don't see any. I honestly don't see anything less than nine and seven. Um, right. Ten and six is probably. You had a you had a couple of really good bounces go your way. You know, you kicked a fifty-four yard field goal somewhere where you're like, and it crossed the cross. Oh my God, we won that game. Whoa. Okay. We um, but I do I see 'em I see'em right around that fifth sixty four uh playoffs somewhere in nine and seven ten and six mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, because 'cause I'm looking at the schedule now, I mean, I hate to break to see, but you have a few prime time games this year uh, <laughs> uh first prime time I uh, know right, I hate to break break it to you. the first prime time game is home against well, actually no, it's home against Cleveland again. How about that? Uh, another yep. Thursday night game. Um then you guys are home against the Texans Monday night. You guys are at San Fran Sunday night. That's an old Super Bowl matchup from year. And finally you're home you're you're on the road at Denver. Peyton's
1: Revenge. So, so you look at you get, let's look at those let's look at those games individually. What did you say the first one was? Cleveland at home Thursday night? Cleveland. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, sure. I would have said the exact same thing last year. But that's a game you should you should win. And there's nothing right. else because you saw Josh McCown last year when he played for Tampa Bay. You kind of know his strengths and weaknesses and what he can do. So it's, it's either him or Johnny Manziel, which I'm like, dear God, please let it be Johnny Manziel. Um, right, right. So right. you should – I mean, you you have enough information and enough talent to be able to – Beat Cleveland, and the the reason why you lost to Cleveland the first time is because Joe Hayden could shut down uh, AJ Green, and I'm not even sure I don't remember. Maybe AJ wasn't even playing, or was broke up or hurt or something. But you could put Joe Hayden on the best cornerback and on the best wide receiver, and Andy Don had nobody else to throw to. So this year, if we can make it to Cleveland healthy, with his Marvin Marvin Jones, Muhammad Sanu, Tyler Eifert, plus. You know you got a GM, Ronnie Bernard, Jeremy Hill. I think we should win that game. What did you say the second one was? Okay, uh, Houston. At home against Houston. Houston? Yeah. I'm even. I mean, it's at home. It's Houston. I don't. I don't really fear Houston per se. JJ Watt to wreck right. right, the whole person's <laughs> life. But you put what? Right. You put him up against Andrew Whitworth. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm taking Andrew Whitworth. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hey. What's the next one?
0: And next is you. you at San Fran. The next one at San Fran. I don't know San Fran. I don't know what type of team San yeah. Fran will have. So They're trending exactly. the downward.
1: At least, at least by then, we should know what type of team they are. Right. And so, so I mean, it's a, at this point, and, I would, I would hedge to say it probably leans towards the Bengals, only because I have no idea what the hell San Francisco is going to be. Right. And then, what's the and line? last but not
0: least, you guys get Denver on the road. Yep, Denver on
1: the road. Right. You know, I mean, if if Peyton did what he does, what he did last year, which is start the season on fire and end up fading at the end because he's old, watch out. Right. Yep. You know, those are all. There you go. Those are that are. Like if you told me, you know, we got Pittsburgh on a Sunday night, I'm like, yeah, we lost. If you told me we got Baltimore, eating Baltimore on a Monday night, yeah, we lost. If you told me we had Seattle. On a, you know Thursday night, yeah, we lost. But the teams and the matchups that they have, I'm like, you at least got a decent shot because they're not they're not teams that are overwhelmingly great. Denver is good, but it'll be interesting to see what Peyton is at the end of the season. San Francisco is right, great. and then they, nobody knows. Cleveland stinks, um, and that clearly, not that you can't lose to Cleveland when they stink. But right, you got you should walk into that game with way more weapons than you had before, and way more ability to you know combat whatever Cleveland throws at you to be. I don't care if it's a sixteen to twelve game, you should be able to win that game. Right. No. Exactly.
0: All right, brother. Well, uh, here's to a good season for you guys, and uh, I'll be looking forward to getting to getting together with you, watch some games this year. How about that?
1: Yes, sir. Let's do it. All right. Thank, hey, thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Who day, baby?
0: Who there? Oh, man. <laughs> All right. That's my man, Andre Edwards. I bullish on this bingos a little bit. 9-7 record for the Bengals this season would be interesting. I, I have my 10-6, personally. I mean, they're, they're teams that I think they'll beat Seattle at home. I don't see them losing many of the primetime games this year. Maybe maybe Denver at the end, but that's about it. But as I said before, Marvin Lewis, he needs to get it done this year in the playoffs. They have no excuse to tell talent, uh, them talent the team or all that stuff. But anyway, we're gonna keep the party going tomorrow night. We're gonna talk to uh Philadelphia Eagles uh uh football to continue the super fan series my man William Palmer, which should be a lot of fun. So again, thanks a lot for tuning in. This is Scott Burks Klein Hour O six night.